into the contest. It's Friday the 4th of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by Shane Lee. And as I've said on this podcast and on TV for a long, long time, my mother was born in Lebanon. I'm half Lebanese. I grew up with all the Lebanese food. Shane, now you went to a Middle Eastern restaurant. We discussed some of the food. It wasn't quite the food I ate. No, very different, Timmy. It's a new restaurant in town in Sydney um, called Alia, I think, and uh, right in the centre of town. It's Middle Eastern. Fantastic. I was I was um, entertained by a corporate last night. I won't say who because the guy who had the, the corporate credit card spent a lot. Yeah, there was. Uh, we ordered four lobsters last night only because there were only four lobsters available. <laughs> but um, amazing food, mate. Chickpeas and with um, mussels and yeah, lots of good stuff. It was yummy. Yeah, of course. And, and as our producer says, that is part of Asia, of course. So that makes me half Asian, a very big, big guy. Um, but um, <laughs> that, that is the truth. All righty. Uh, coming up on the show, we have Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. He's a funny man and boy knows his sport. We're also trying to dig deep into this Ian Chappell, Justin Langer thing and try to make some sense of it all. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called main hair care. Oh, main hair care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main hair care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, main hair care. Shane, Ian Chappell played a long time ago, and uh, look, I love him. I've worked with him extensively here, overseas. I know him well, but I just don't know whether his take on the whole cricket coaching thing is right. He slammed Justin Langer. Whether or not that was right or wrong is up for others to decide, but he's got this view that you don't need cricket coaches, and I just don't know whether we live in that world anymore. Yeah, yes and no. I think he's he's having a real personal go here at Langer, and uh, that's the one thing I, I love Ian Chapel. I've always always been a big fan, and but when he lines you up, uh, if you if you know his good books, he'll uh, he doesn't miss. Um, he's basically just come out and said about Langer as a player. You know, he, he's not one of the greats. People call him a great. He said he was smart enough to retire at the same time as Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne. And he's not in their class. Now, that's a bit unfair on Justin Langer because I don't think anyone's in Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne's class. So, um, And he said Damien Martin was t- twice the player. Now, if you look at the stats, Damien Martin played 67 test matches, 4,400 runs at 46 with 1,300s. Langer played 105 tests, 7,600 runs at 45 with 2,300. So 10 more hundreds than uh, Damien Martin. But Damien Martin was a, a beautiful, fantastic player. But uh, yeah, Ian Chappell really lining up Langer here. Yeah, and look, and this doesn't mean that Ian Chappell and I can't be friends this afternoon. Mm. But I just, I just wonder why they go so hard. He and a few others go so hard at the individual because if you look at it, Justin Langer has done a good job. I mean, he took over the reins at a very difficult time. It's often likened to Churchill leadership. Oh, we need a Churchill kind of leader when things are grim, when they're tough. You know, like a wartime leader. And when he came mm. in, he did a great job. He got the Australian team. Back on the straight and narrow, it would seem now that they're in some sort of 
of peacetime and probably he doesn't suit anymore. Yeah, and, and that may be the case, Tim. And I think, look, there's no doubt he did a good job at the time, but he lost mm. the change room, didn't he? He, he lost – when you lose a change room, when you lose when you lose your voice and, um, and the players don't want you there due to how – you know, erratic his behaviour was and his temper. Um, it just didn't suit the, the current bunch of players. So it's time to move on. And, um, yeah, it's just getting sort of now, Ian Chappell's gone from talking about Justin Langer, the coach, to him personally as a player. And I think as a player, he's he's an outstanding cricketer. Yeah, Conor McGregor, what about him? He's flagging interest in, in buying Chelsea. <laughs> I don't know how much is in uh, UFC, but I don't think he's got $5 billion. That's the current valuation um, mm. that... Uh, uh, Roman Abramovich wants uh, there's two million dollars in debt, two billion dollars, sorry, in debt uh, at Chelsea, and he said he's not expecting the uh, the new purchaser to pay that debt. He'll he'll cop that, um, but still five million. So I think he's a bit of a tongue in cheek thing from Connor there. Yeah, and uh, just in golf, just quickly, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Uh, uh, look, it's always been you know question: Do these guys like each other? They've been the two best golfers for a long, long time, and. Uh, Often it's really interesting to watch the byplay, the words that they exchange. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found this fantastic. Uh, in golf, in the last few years, they've introduced, uh, it's called the PIP, which is the Player Impact Program, where they give um, players based on their social media following and, and presence in the media mm-hmm. and ability to draw people to the game, uh, uh, a nominal fee. Um, and uh, Mickelson came out thinking he was voted number one this year on the PIP with eight million. Little did he knew that Tiger Woods, who hasn't played for over a year, was number one at eleven million still. And Tiger just responded, "You're number one." Whoops, <laughs> that's very good. They're into each other. Sometimes you don't need too many words, do you? No. We've got a lot more on the way, of course. Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker up next. I love a Friday. It's Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. He comes in with a sense of energy, urgency, and sense of brilliance. How are you, Shad? Bloody hell. You guys talk me up pretty good. If I need to get a cover letter done, I think I'm sending it your way, too. That's bloody nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. To, whom it, to whom it may concern, I know Shad. <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you, I'll tell you I, haven't gotten, uh, I haven't been able to get a job for the last three years, so I think maybe that's where I'm going wrong. I'll send it your way for the next one, Tim Gilbert. Yeah, well, I need some carpet cleaning down here if you're keen. Um, now, Adam Reynolds, he's got COVID. Oh, man. Mate, the Broncos' season is off to an awful start. Gee, the NRL must be pretty pissed off about this. Hey, they booked this match, the comeback game, back against your old team, the Broncos versus South. Can they turn it around to start the season? And they are up shit creek without a halfback. They don't know what they're doing in the halves too. And what was the biggest problem we kept talking about with Kevy last year? They can't figure out who is going to be playing in the halves for the Broncos. Big signing. You don't want this to happen. Um, I've heard that he's not really bad with the symptoms. Well, just let him play. Just let the world roll and let him play. Aren't we, aren't we at that point yeah. yet? Well, well he- you know what the thing is with this, though, and I, I learned this because uh, we've been doing some work at the Broncos. They have uh, – the NRL's told all the clubs that the onus is on them for the COVID restrictions. So it's a team-by-team mm. rule basis in terms of how they operate. However, if a player tests positive and say your whole team tests positive, it's on you if you miss the game. Like you'll miss the points, you lose the revenue from the uh, broadcast deals and you're the one that has to answer to Fox Sports and Channel 9, Mm. not the NRL. So every team has a different rule. So at the Broncos, 
their big rule is, and the reason they've managed to catch uh, Renault, is every single day they walk in, they get a temperature test and they get a rat test. So when you guys couldn't find rat tests, they were all at the Brisbane Broncos at Red Hill <laughs> sitting there waiting for players to get tested. And that's how they caught him. They caught him as soon as he came in. It was here, It was not only him. There was a couple other players that have tested positive as well. And surprise, surprise, they're all in the half rankings. Now, a few, a few big player signings, mate. Milford's off to the Knights. Mate, an interesting little uh, holiday down at Newcastle for him for a little mm. bit. Let's talk about another team that probably doesn't know what they're doing in the halves. Um, what, what do we think about the Knights set up for this year? I mean, I know we spoke last week. That I think that they're probably going to be a bottom four team uh, next mm-hmm. year. I'm not. I'm not believing this whole pong is going to change everything for them. I think as much as we can rag on Mitchell Pearce, he was probably the sturdiest option they had in the. Yeah, well, they've got Ponga, they've got the Saifidis, they've got Bradman Best. They've got these pockets of, of outstanding footballers and potentially outstanding footballers, but their problem is there's no consistency across their sheet, you know what I mean? Like, they don't have a strong enough backup for when any of these stars go down, and they, their top 13 probably just isn't good enough. I, I, I like Shane and, and yourself, Shad, think that the Newcastle Knights will be down the bottom of the table. I hope for their sake and the Novacastrians that they – overperform because it's an area that absolutely lives, breathes, eats its football, but uh, they don't look all that good. But it's a one-and-done deal. Like, we all know the worst-kept secret in NRL is Milford's going to be wearing a Dolphins jersey in 2023. Mm. So, like, they've signed him, and to me it kind of shows that they're not confident in what they've got there in the Mm. halves right now, that they're going to go and grab Milford. I also am of the belief that I think Milford's going to play really well uh, either this year or when he joins the Dolphins. I think that there's the, the little layaway break. I've got a wee bit of confidence about him making a good little comeback. I also feel mm. like Ash Taylor might do some surprising things this okay. year at the Warriors. Um, just to kind of – I think it would be interesting for two young players that had really high expectations. Milford definitely delivered on part of it. I mean, he got him to a grand final <laughs> But like a year off – um, away from this whole pressure uh, cooker of, you know, the Broncos and the $1 million contract in terms of Ashes. Well, both of them $1 million contracts yeah. um, in that case. I, I feel like these two players are guys that could improve a lot, but the Knights are probably going to go, wow, this guy played really well for us and, oh, he's gone and we're back at one again. again. Well, talk about gone, mate. Uh, your Warriors, since you've got off their bandwagon, mate, they've now got Dylan Walker heading over there next year. Hang on. They've still got a year to turn me around. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's just be fair. They've got one year and they're doing okay. I mean, I do, I do find it funny that, um, you know, it's, it's Fox sports and the NRL's job to make every signing sound that important. Um, Mm. What what they label them have the most consistent player uh, was when one of the articles said Dylan Walker, such Mm. a consistent center. I was like, he's consistent and getting suspended. That's what he's pretty good at. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding? Yeah. He's great. He's great. Consistent for six games of the year. That's awesome. (laughs) He's had the, he's had the odd odd off field drama. Why are they signing people that they've already got players in there? Like they've already got great centers out. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't understand why they sign people in positions that they don't need Mm. help in. One thing, one thing that's becoming pretty evident isn't it? And, and in the past, it hasn't been quite as obvious, but there's very much the haves and have-nots, and we haven't had a ball kicked in anger with the Premiership, have we? Basically, you, you, you would suggest that the, the 
this is only my view, right? But the Warriors won't make the eight. The Bulldogs won't make the eight. I watched them against the Sharks. Honestly, they were turnstiles after having that draw the week before. Terrible. The Tigers, yep. I can't see them making the eight. Newcastle, I can't see them making the eight. So there's teams out there, and the Broncos, boy, oh, boy, they'd have to have things go their way to make the eight. There's teams in there that you're already saying, well, I just can't see how you're going to compete. You know what? All those teams, as soon as you say all those teams, like a bunch of those – I think all of them have in common one, all have horrible defense. Yeah. Like all of them yep. have awful defense. And then two, they have a like an issue in the halves. They don't really know who's leading their team around. I mean, spine was such a big buzzword for the last seven years. I mean, since the Melbourne Storm had one like had the best ever. Yeah. Like you're sitting here going, these teams have no idea what they're doing in terms of personnel order from mm. the nine to the seven to the six to the one. It's not a great combination when you say they have bad defense and then the halves are not clicking. How do you score points and let, let points in? Do yep. you think there might be a problem with some of those teams, though, that, you know, the NRL is, and to me, I mean, everyone's got their own opinion on it. For mine, I don't like the six again rule, like the, the complete, the seven set, like let's mm. go again, let's go again. Mm. I, don't, I think it's too much um, because it just makes it, we really are just turning it to take something from Latrell Mitchell's quote. We're turning it into Oztag. Like it's just kind of constantly mm. attack. And I think that's making these have-not teams not figure out how to get themselves out of the hole because they just go, oh, well, we'll just, we've just got to get quick guys outside and we'll just take advantage of these seven tackle sets. But when you're playing the Melbourne Storm Roosters. Mm. You don't get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and look, and, and, and there's some real technique things too, isn't there? They're like, you know, some of these teams, uh, look, we've seen it with Melbourne often, uh, how players are turned around in attack and defence and become very good players when they might have been mediocre at other clubs. Now, you mentioned Latrell Mitchell. Joey Manu just wants to put this thing behind him now, doesn't he? Look, uh, he's had that reconstruction surgery. He's ready for 2022. Many think the Roosters can win the comp. Mm, well, I don't, know. I don't know who thinks that. I think only Roosters fans think that. That's ridiculous. But, um, you know, What's a broken cheek amongst friends, guys? I tell you what, he's a, he's a class act, Joe Manu. Like the fact that it happened to him, he has got a metal plate in his in his cheek, and he said, "Yep, he's just he got a text from Latrell after the match, but hasn't really spoken. But he said, you know, he's got no hard feelings. Move on. He's a class act. Yeah, I think he's great. I think he's a great player. Mm. I mean, his his management are really good as well. He managed to use the uh, the Warriors as a nice little negotiation piece for his awesome new contract. So <laughs> he's got a lot of great people around him, I reckon. But you know, I hate the Roosters. So stuff them. I hope they don't make the eight. <laughs> oh, you, you do realise who runs this podcast? He's the world's most. Oh, don't worry. I'm told him. <laughs> you know what? The, you know the guy that runs this podcast had a chat with me on a Zoom call, had a giant Roosters uh, yeah. thing in the background. And- he, had his footy, he had his footy boots on too underneath the desk. Oh. <laughs> Here he is, pops a ball from Manu to Hodges. Um, now, the MLB, mate, if we head overseas to the United States, look, look there's more money than, than God in the MLB, but they all seem to have industrial problems and it happens often. It doesn't make any sense to me too. Hey, like when was the last time you bothered to watch a baseball game? Yeah, I don't watch Sydney. Like I, I don't understand how there's so much money. America's favorite pastime and their favorite pastime is going on a strike. It's actually probably been one of the longest time between strikes. Um, last one was in the '90s. This dispute, obviously, like all of them, is around money. It's all around the collective mm. bargaining agreement. We've heard yep. that phrase thrown around a lot when it comes to NRL, AFL. The only difference is is Australian sportsmen love their money. As soon as someone says they're getting a pay rise, they just say yes to the contract. Mm. Um, Look, there's so many little intricate parts to it, but one of the biggest takeaways I think from the MLB is the guy that runs it 
mm. uh, has is one of the strangest people to be running this little negotiation because the man in charge of the MLB, MLB has said on several different occasions that running a franchise in baseball is a bad business decision. The players <laughs> are overpaid. The players are sooks. Like, yeah, like what's this guy, guy doing? Hates the league that he's in charge of. Yet mm. the money that he's getting thrown around is absolutely insane. Now mm. it looks like this season is probably going to. I mean, if I was a gambling man, I'd say it'll probably start in a couple of months. Yeah. But for people that are saying, "Oh, they can't cancel a whole season," well, back in 1994 to 1995, they cancelled 938 mm. games. Yes, yep. there's more than 938 <laughs> games. That's only one week. That's only one week. Well, it's quite appropriate we use the word strike. It should be three strikes and you're out. But Chad, we'll do it all again next week, eh? No worries, legends. Hey, Good. also, I've got shows around the country kicking off next week in Adelaide. So if you want to check me out live, I've got shows at the Adelaide Fringe. Melbourne Comedy Festival, Sydney Comedy Festival over the next few months. Uh, check out my socials at Wicked Shad if you want to get some tickets. Yeah, get down there, guys, and see Shad. He's a, it's a good laugh. What up, mate? Yeah, go and have a laugh and then head off to the Barossa or the McLaren. Ba- McLaren oh, mate, I'm more of a Hindley Street kind of guy down in Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you today to Shad Wicker and our sponsors, Shane. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Maine Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And our superb producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We are back Monday with your daily dose of sport. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back.